We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can feel in the Bay Area the energy, the love, the appreciation. Because when you think about it, from Stockton to the state's capital, from the East Bay to Monterey, from Marin County to San Jose, the city by the bay and the town. It's all Warriors ground. It's all Dub Nation. And we get to cheer for the best basketball team in the world. I've been in a few. Uh, I did not go today, Samuel, even though it was like 85 degrees outside. But that might have been one of the best parades that we've seen. I've seen seven. Been in or seen seven in my lifetime. That that was probably top two, top three. That was incredible. Yeah, you know, a few things struck me about it. So first off, any parade where your team wins is fun. Like, let's be real. Um, But like, to me, a couple things stuck out to me. One was just how joyous the players were. And I'm not talking about the first-time winners, the Wiggins, the pool. Those guys, you knew they were going to be hyped, right? Like, this is their best achievement in their NBA careers to date. Um, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they struck me as – if they struck me as it was, like, their first time in some ways. They had, like, that, like – We've been to the bottom and getting back to the mountaintop makes us appreciate it 10 times more, you know, yeah, yeah. almost like it, it, I don't want to say it came too easy to them earlier, but it, they were so young. They're probably thought they would win 10 in a row. That's what you know? it is. No, that, and, no, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, you don't know. I mean, it's a classic line. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Not, not that anything was gone, but I think they felt the, the mortality of their careers. I think especially clay felt his career slip away for, for two plus seasons Steph Curry felt like, oh, my God, am I ever going to win a championship? And I think Draymond Green, same thing. I think this is what it felt like to them. This was, holy shit, we didn't win for three years. We not only didn't win, we didn't think we were ever going to be back here again at all. At all. It's not like the Warriors were in the postseason and lost in the first or second round of the last couple of years, and they were close. They were sitting at home, right? They were sitting at home, and for them to come all the way back to win this title, uh, you can see it. Uh, you can yeah, see it they, from, from all those three guys. Steph said it. He's like, you have faith you can get back here, but it gets tested when you go through seasons like last year where you're like, I don't know, man, I feel like we're closer to the we're closer to the middle than we are to the top. Yep. You know, that yep. sort of thing. It's not like MJ retired and, and Steph retired for a couple of years, went to play golf. He was on the PGA tour for a couple of years and, and yeah. came back and was like, OK, we're back. I mean, maybe he should have. No, <laughs> maybe. But, but yeah, you know, your, your point stands and it's like uh, you could they all showed it in different ways, like. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's talk about the core guys a little bit here. Um, like Steph, little petty, letting everyone know he heard everything. And he's kind of said this for like the last few days since they won the title, he heard what everyone said, couldn't win without KD, you know, carried what, whatever, you know, what his shirts, what was he saying? What will they say next? Right. Yep. Yep. It felt very, um, 
felt very like Tom Brady-ish to me, where it's like, he doesn't let you know only until after he achieves it. He'll like poke fun at what you say about him. Yep. Right. Because there's now nothing nobody can say. I think it's great to start with Steph. Obviously the best player at Sam, but I thought he had the best moment of the day. Um, by far the best moment of the day when he had the mic drop. By the way, Mr. Fab on the uh, on the broadcast for NBC was incredible. Uh, so he he brings him in and he drops the night night. Everybody's seen it. And then he drops the mic at the same time. I thought that was the best part of the day and, and the best guy to do it. And like you said, he did it at a time where there's nothing anybody can do. Nothing anyone can do. Nothing anyone can say. That guy owns all the trophies now. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, if you're if you're discounting him at this point, you're just a troll. Like yep. you, you have no legs to stand on. Now the only question with Steph is how much more will he achieve, and will he actually be like the you know will he put himself in the conversation with the uh, LeBron, Kareem, MJ's, and those type of like he because he still has a bunch of career ahead of him. But that yep. but like undoubtedly his legacy is sealed. All he can do is add on to it at this point. Yeah, that's uh, that's the crazy part, that yeah. there is nothing left for him to... There's nothing left for anyone to say. There is a lot left for him to do. He said that. Do. I don't have anything to prove. I have things yeah. I want to accomplish. Yep. Yep. Slick line, Steph, yep. by the yep. way. Um, but yeah, that's it. Now, I'm going to give... Personally, I thought the parade MVP was Draymond. Uh, um. Yep. I'm a sucker for Draymond. He, you know, he he did his typical thing with the mic. What do you guys expect me to say? Just a bunch of profanity. Um, my favorite part was when he gets off the float and goes to get ice cream. <laughs> I, was, I was just losing it. Like everyone loses Draymond, and next thing I know, I see a video come across like my Instagram. That where felt, it's like, felt very clay, by the way. <laughs> felt very clay. Yeah, he's he's like, uh, I just I need some ice cream. It's just like, yeah, very much, very much felt like, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I felt like he 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 was a little sober at the beginning. I felt like the pre-rally, the, the pre-celebration. When, when By the he, way, can we can we talk about that? Yeah, it's we should very clear why they decided to go with the pre-rally instead of the post-rally. And it might have had something to do with the amount of bottles every player had in their Oh, my God. In their um, floats. Because if you if you let them ride those floats for two hours with tequila, oh, uh, what whatever you know, uh, whiskey, whatever they have going in there, like I don't Clay care. had a whole handle of heem like that. Yeah, yeah, that would have been whoo. I think that I think I actually have to give the Warriors uh, credit on that one for thinking it through. You know, friend of the show Raymond Ritter always staying one step ahead. At the same time, at the same time be, though, yeah. I still would have liked it if they'd done it after, but here's oh, the I'd thing. Have, I'd have loved it. I just, I can understand why the organization was like, this is the better way to go. But it was still cool. Wasn't it still, we'll get back, we'll get to, we'll get back to Draymond, but wasn't it, it was still really cool to see the entire Market Street. You see the, you see the photos, yeah. the entire Market Street flooded where people are following Clay's bus, uh, the last bus of the, of the parade down Market Street. That was an iconic picture, um, I thought. And the people that were there, a lot of our listeners were there. A lot of people were DMing us. A lot of people were texting you and I uh, said that it, it, you know, before when they were saying they were telling us about the route and about the, they were saying like, you you know, we're not that excited, blah, blah. But then when they went there and they did it, they're like, yeah, that was one of the best I've ever been in. Like that was an incredible, emotional, raucous celebration. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the route, but um, let's, can we get to clay first real Uh-oh. quick? The, other thing, the third clay, part, the third clay part. was just Pete clay for yep. me. It just, the tr- the dancing with the trophy, the tripping over a, a lady in the crowd, and then picking her Ooh. back up. Uh, it's just it, the funniest man. Actually, the funniest part was him riding his bite over bite uh, boat over and losing his hat. Like yeah. just the whole thing was Pete Clay. Yep, yep. He's ha- he's ascended comedy. to an he's ascended to a pretty much a, a new level of himself. He's bought into who he is, and and I don't know, man. It just felt it he's felt. Fully- He's yeah. full clay. It's like he's it's fully, like fully realized. Like he's he's not he's he's the full form of clay. But yeah, I want to. The uh, other thing on the parade though is I, I kind of agree with you. So I was trying to think about it: which parade was better, this one or 2015? It the first one in Oakland. Sure. Gonna be honest, like the KD ones uh, were cool. But when you're winning that many in a row, it started not being as cool, right? It was the, got, it was the third one that felt a little like yeah. It, it was yeah. not S. And it just like, just if you want me to rank them, this one and 15 were the two best. I'm trying to think. And I think what was cool about this one is because the Oakland parade, they're, they're not surrounded by high rises and the streets a little wider. 
unlike uh, Market Street in San Francisco, I, the the feel of having those high rises and everyone packed it there, to be honest, they're just packed into a smaller space is really what it comes down to. Right. It made it feel way more rowdy, way more into it. And I think everyone fed off of it a little more in that way. Like I felt like you could hear noise kind of bouncing off the buildings. It was just, it, it, uh, it felt, I saw someone throw out, it felt like they were an Oracle in some Mm -hmm. ways it did feel like that. Um, the thing I did miss though in 15 was when they end at the lake and there's the whole rally there with the lake is the backdrop. Oh. Like that was just objectively so cool. And like, I mean, it would have been awesome to have that uh, at civic center in, in San Francisco, but, but end of the day, uh, I think it was successful. And I just want to yeah. put the Oakland yeah. versus San Francisco thing to bed. Everyone who was at the parade today was from outside San Francisco. Everyone who's at the parade in Oakland was from outside Oakland. Less than 10% of the Bay Area lives in San Francisco. Less than 5% of the Bay Area lives in Oakland. Those parades are people coming from Walnut Creek, Hayward, San Mateo, Daly City, San Jose. Like the Bay Area is huge. So this idea that the atmosphere is going to be different, it's not. It's the same fans all descending from various corners of the Bay Area on one location. The only thing that changes is like what kind of geography feel do you like more? It's the Bay Area's team. It's not Oakland's team. It's not San Francisco. It's everyone's team. There are fans across every single part of wherever the hell that people are coming from. So uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I I can't speak to which one's better because I think they're all amazing. Now, I think for for me, Sam, I think the only thing that was missing, I hate to do the only thing I was missing is you pointed out earlier, if they just had that post rally spot at, at City Hall, I was there for 2010 for the Giants and this championship, it's not the first championship, but the emotions were it, emotions felt like it was the first it's just championship. It's cool to have everyone around a stage. That's so cool. And I think that's so cool. And I think it would have been cool to see them announce Steph Curry coming out, announce Draymond coming out, right? Announce Peter Goober coming out. Uh, <laughs> just in front of the fans would have been really cool. Shout out so, Goober with the joke. It fits oh his expense. <laughs> oh my Lord. Those you guys. know, we, I just reminded me, we don't hear from Goober much and, and that's fine. You know, look, we, we hear enough from Lacob and you really don't need to hear from more than one owner, to be honest. It's better to have one voice anyway. Um, but he's, he's, he's kind of a character too. <laughs> I know. I, I think he, he might be a little bit crazier than Lacob, but either way, it's just, just an incredible uh, atmosphere for a team that I think when this champion, ha- when this championship happened, really felt like um, it really felt like a crowning achievement. I think that's the, that's the best way I can put it. It felt like a crowning achievement, achievement, not the end, but a crowning achievement for a uh, eight-year run that we'll never see again, ever. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys, we got a special guest this week uh, to help give us perspective from outside of our light years bubble and also to just inform us on what's going on with the draft. From the ringer, Kevin O'Connor. KOC, how you doing, man? 
I'm doing great today, guys. I'm sure you're feeling very good today. Do you, uh, Kelsey? Do you did, was was Bill Simmons friend of the show crying on the floor when when Game Six happened? What, 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 <laughs> how was he? How was he taking it? He actually it surprisingly <laughs> took it pretty well, but I I, I want to know. Yeah, he did. He did seem to take it pretty well uh, on the podcast. I did not. Very see weird. Live, we did. We did not see a live view of him yeah. uh, in the arena. <laughs> I did not see. I tried. I looked over, tried to take a peek. Too many people they didn't have a view. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I feel like the overwhelming take with this Warriors title is you know it's like a crowning achievement for the core. It's kind of the the prophecy: do it before KD, do it afterwards. There's been a lot of like comps to like. The Spurs, who obviously we know the Warriors like to model themselves after with Kerr and Myers and those guys, and a lot of like comps to like the 2014 Spurs. And I kind of have a take I want to I want to bounce off you here. It does feel a little like 2014 to me, but I think it feels more like the 2014 Patriots than the Spurs. So hear me out on this one. Like the, you know, the Patriots win their titles early in Brady's career, then they kind of float out there. And then in 14, they win another one. And everyone assumes, because he had to have been 37 at that point, right? Something like that. There's just kind of the assumption that like, wow, he did it again. And then like, but he's not dropping off. And they keep going. And that's kind of the feeling I get around the Warriors, which is like, yes, Steph did something at 34 that like really only MJ and LeBron have done. But when I watch Steph, I see no reason to think he's declining in a serious way. And when I look at the rest of the roster, it's sneakily set up to probably be better next year. And like, if nothing else, they're in position to compete for as long as Steph can keep his body at the level he has. I think you're 100% right. I do. And and like the Patriots are who I'm reminded of most here because for, first of all, like you said, it starts with Steph, just like it starts with Brady for the Patriots. Brady was 37 at the time, but still looked like he was as great as he ever was. Just like we witnessed Steph Curry during this entire playoff run. Everybody knows about his offensive brilliance. Like we don't need to get through that with the challenge that he is to defend. But was this Steph's best defensive run of his career? By far. Yeah, by far. By by far. And so it's like, that's the one thing people could have maybe sort of kind of knocked him for in the past only because he was a target, because he was surrounded by great defenders. Somebody needs to get targeted. Somebody needs to get picked on. But he was amazing this entire run. And so he continues to get better, even at 34 years old, with no reason to believe in year one of his Supermax contract that he's going to slow down anytime soon. So you have Steph, just like the Patriots had Brady, and you have like so many good young pieces that should continue to grow and get better. No reason to believe Clay won't be better year two following that injury. Maybe Draymond, like, you know, that back injury that he had mid-year, maybe he has a fully healthy season. There's no reason to believe the Warriors are are done contending for championships. You were one of the few that had this on YouTube in the beginning of the season about how the Warriors were a championship contender. Um, probably, I don't, I don't even think Sam and I agreed. Uh, we were just I, like, yeah, sure. Cool. I felt like they were one player away. Like at the yeah. beginning of the year, I was cautiously optimistic about them. And I thought they were going to be in the mix. And my take to Andy was let's see them be like a three, four seed entering the deadline. And then yep. if the Warriors add that one piece, they're good. Turns out Wiggins was able to, you know, elevate his game, be that one. Piece. Like I'm still kind of shocked by what in the playoffs to degree, but yeah. It, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I, I picked them in the Nets to go to the finals and, and I, I should be more like my friend, Nick, Wright, You know, friend of your show as well. Yeah. And, and just stick to the take. <laughs> yeah. I should have just stuck to the Warriors the whole way through. Um, but, you know, understandably so there were ups and downs throughout this season for the Warriors, you know, especially with the Draymond back stuff, like back injuries are always scary, yep. but like, I don't know, like with Andrew Wiggins stepping up the way he did, it, it's not just what we saw from him since he was acquired. I mean, he's even better than he was in those past years after the Golden State Warriors the first acquired him. Like the defense on Jason Tatum, it continues to blow my mind what he did on that end. And offensively, just the way he moves the ball, the way he is completely adapted to this Warrior system. I can't imagine what it's like being a Wolves fan, watching Wiggins <laughs> all through those years, just pound the ball, dribble, dribble into his spin move, not make the extra pass, take stupid shots. 
and now to watch him with the Warriors, I, I just can't fathom what that's like to see that evolution. It's nuts to me. I, I thought it was a little unfair. Some people are like, hey, Wiggins outplayed Tatum. I thought it was a little unfair because Tatum had to do a lot more than what Wiggins did. But I, I do think defensively that was one of the best defensive efforts that you know Kevin Durant is better, um, and, and but Wiggins is better than Harrison Barnes. But I think defensively he pretty much took over Clay's role, um, and he really ISO defense against Tatum. There was a lot of help, but there wasn't much doubling. And Tatum was by far Boston's best player going up into the NBA Finals. And by the time the Finals ended, by the time those six games ended, it felt like Tatum had no more answers for him. And that was just, I don't know, that was crazy to, crazy to see. But how does it reach that point? Well, is it right? It feels I, like he had no more answers. Like they didn't, they didn't have to apply a significant pressure, you know, at Tatum. They didn't have to trap in the pick and roll. They didn't have to send over, you know, a double all the time. I mean, Wiggins was, like you said, he took over the clay role where Clay was defending a lot of those primaries in the past, not quite the same defensively anymore, but the fact Wiggins could embrace that, I don't know, man, like it, it's, it's nuts to think about the fact that they acquire Angel Wiggins. And I liked the trade. Like I thought it was worth the risk um, to get him, but I never could have seen him reaching this point. And now it's like, you see Wiggins develop in the system. Does that increase you guys' confidence uh, uh, for like, the Kaminga and Moody or the types where it's like, oh, if Wiggins can can embrace this, who can't? I mean, that's, it, that's what it was like growing up rooting for the Patriots, where it's like, oh, we can bring in anybody. We can bring in anybody and it can work. I mean, that's, that's literally, it, it's proof of concept. Like, they yeah. wanted to become more of a development-oriented franchise. Everyone says that. The first, like, year-ish was rough. We're watching Smile Geach. We're like, <laughs> what are you going to develop him to? You know, like it, it didn't seem like it was working, but like, yeah, they, they unlocked something with Wiggins. I'm watching this. And I think the most exciting part is like, yeah, you look at Kuminga who has all the tools at this point, the coaching staff can say whatever to him because he can't complain about minutes. It's like, we want a championship and you sat on the bench. You literally know what you need to do. So work on those things to get into it. So in some ways it, you know, being able to prove that you can win and develop at the same time, it's it's like a very pie-in-the-sky goal, but just getting it done, like, yeah, it gives you more optimism that, like, Kuminga, who I thought had a really positive rookie yep. year, like, all things considered, he was really – he was ahead of schedule. Uh, I, I'm not sure he's not going to be in the playoff rotation next year, you know, because, like, it was a little too much from this year, but, yeah. No, I'm with you there. I mean, like, there's no reason to believe he at least doesn't have a strong chance of uh, being in the playoff rotation. He's improved. I mean, decision-making, he'll get better, though. I, th I think I think Moses Moody is my guy. I, I, got a, I got a couple questions for you before we get into the fun stuff, which is coming up for the Warriors, but I assume you were there for, for game four. Yep, I was there. Um, what was the atmosphere? Because through three games, it did feel like Boston was the better. They may not have the best player. Well, they didn't have the best player, but they might have had the better team through three games. I think most people would have agreed. With, with that statement, but it felt like it flipped game four. What did it feel like um, in that place when that happened? Because I thought that was one of the, I mean, probably the greatest game that, that Steph has ever played. I mean, I think being in that building, uh, there was a sense of like, wow, Celtics actually have a chance to go up 3-1 in the series. I mean, there's a buzz in the crowd and like has happened so many times with Steph in the past, it just, it got so quiet and you could tell there was like a nervousness anytime he had the ball in his hands that there's nothing that could be done to stop him, to slow him down. And it definitely got pretty grim in the building that night. Um, yeah, it, it was a strange thing. Like TD Garden usually is so loud at all times, like even beginning of games. But with Steph out there, I think people knew like, oh, wait a minute. It's only a matter of if this dude makes or misses shot. Uh, so there's literally nothing this elite defense that was number one in the nba yeah. since the middle of the year yeah. and like people were talking about it as a historic defense yeah. and even this defense couldn't do anything to slow down stuff yeah. yeah it was um i i don't want to say steph needed that finals but game four was maybe his most impressive individual playoff game i've ever seen just like it, it felt like a uh 
it felt like a peak LeBron or MJ going into a hostile <laughs> crowd and like shutting them up type of game, yeah. um, which is like normally not been like Steph's been more of a, like I'm on, I'm blitzing you and it's over in three quarters. Has it been like four quarters of making you feel me and like totally dejecting you uh, because my team's not good enough to like pull away. That's, that's a part of it. Like they needed every basket he gave them in that game. It's not like they blew out Boston in any capacity. No. If, he, if he goes for 35 on 48% from the field, they lose, you know, like it was that type of, it was that type of game where like Boston really, it felt like they, it felt like they won the series in that game. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. I think of the way, the way Boston blew that game, that was the game they had to win. And the people I talked to around the Celtics, that's the game that they look back at and they're yep. like, man, if we won that, maybe this is different. You know, like, I just, I just don't see, I mean, you say that and yet like the Warriors did win three in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. but I just don't see it come back from down three. Mentally. Down. Yeah. But mentally, yes. I mean, up five mids, mid fourth quarter, Jalen Brown hits oh, the end, like not an end one, but hits it in transition. I love the chase crowd, but that Boston, that Boston crowd's insane. And it just felt like it was all falling apart. And then, and then it oh, yeah. just didn't. So it, it was so loud. I mean, like <laughs> that Boston crowd. I mean, I've been, I've been in that arena since I was a kid. And like the loudest time that I can remember is when Isaiah Thomas scored, you know, 40 plus points in the postseason yeah. against the Wizards. Yeah. And now it was like kind of the emotional attachment, you know, yeah. after he lost his sister, you know, he was fighting through injury yeah. and all that. It was blistering loud that, that game. I don't even know if it reached that that level of loudness in the finals, but it was close, you know, in that game four that you're talking about. And for to go from that to just nothing, I mean, like we talked about the Brady-Curry comparison earlier. Uh, that's, that's the only thing that I'm sure, like for a Boston sports fan, for so many years being on that side of it with Tom Brady, I mean, like that's what it feels like to be on the other side where there's a, a feeling of helplessness when you're going against Steph, there's just nothing you can do. And he takes it away from you. And he took it away. He won the finals for the Warriors, essentially, in that game, like we said. One last question before we get into draft stuff. Um, so who who are the Warriors' biggest contenders in next year's Warriors Invitational? I love Draymond <laughs> calling it that. That's, that is, uh, that oh, is elite. He <laughs> says he's called the play. He called the playoffs. We'll see you next year, War- oh, Warriors Invitational. God. <laughs> I'll shoot you the video love, after this. <laughs> I love the trash talk. I love I love the confidence. The NBA needs more of it. It's people complaining about that. Be quiet. Just let them yeah. talk. It's fun. But um, and the Warriors Invitational next year. <laughs> I mean, I want to say the Suns, but oh, don't, I, I think, don't do I think that. I think they're going to lose Aiden now. So how what do they replace Aiden with? I'm wow. not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I mean, I'd love to say Memphis, but I still think they're too young. Uh, and again, I'm not sure if they're, they're not going for veteran ads. It seems like they're trying to trade up in the draft Dallas. I mean, what more could they do? You know, they already got Christian Wood. Is there another big move for them? I don't think there's a big score out there for them. Utah is going to get worse. Right. Denver is it Denver. Right. I mean, other than that, I mean, like I think Uh, New Orleans, New Orleans isn't ready yet. Is the Clippers 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 are interesting. Like if Kawhi and Paul George are, like the peak versions of themselves, but like, who knows what they look like off injury. Right. Yeah. You're right. You don't know. And even with the Lakers, I mean, like, even if they were to get Kyrie instead of Ross, would you put him ahead of the Warriors? I don't know. Not until I see Anthony Davis look like the Anthony Davis of 2020 or the Anthony Davis. Do we know what California's COVID policy is going to be next spring? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's it's (laughs) tough to know. It's really tough to know. I just, I know like if you're ranking these teams today, um, prior to all the big offseason moves, the Warriors would be one. I, mm. I just don't see who could surpass them. I, re- I really I, don't. I was going to say the only team, like, assume, you know, assuming no one, like, makes a massive roster change would be the Bucks. Maybe, yeah. They're, they're yeah. like, they yes. everyone caught a break with Middleton going down early in the playoffs a little bit. They would have been a tough matchup because Giannis is very, very good, and they have a good team there. That's But that's really the only I mean, they could get P.J. Tucker back. I mean, you know, they missed out on him <laughs> for, for reasons. Now P.J. Tucker's a free agent. So, But I, I'm with you because I think Giannis is the only guy that, shit, he might be the best player in this series. How, how about, um? I mean, this is going to, I mean, so if we're talking East, like Boston, obviously, like they should get better, you know. Right. Um, but, like, I don't think Miami, I don't think Toronto, Brooklyn, probably they were too weird. You can't, you can't say them. What about Philly? If Embiid gets better again, he's gotten better every year of his career. What if Harden gets in shape? 
This is a big yeah. what if. That, if. If is doing a lot of work for me. See, we, see as Warriors fans, need, seen Harden too many be, times. Yeah, we've seen Harden. They're gonna too need often. to be. They're gonna need to be up fifty points in the fourth quarter of a closeout <laughs> game for me to be like it's happening. Um, but, you, to, but you haven't seen Harden with Joel Embiid though. Mm. He's not the best player on the team anymore. Yeah. Well, that assumes Embiid could even last until June. I was gonna say he would have to last yeah. three, but but I mean that's that's a. I mean, who else do they get? I mean, Matisse Thybul is is like that would be the guy I think the Warriors defensively could figure out after three, four games. Um, maybe they get someone. Do you think they run it back with that team? Maybe they get someone. Philly? Maybe they, yeah, Philly, Philly. Yeah, like that I, would be I, I that would be the option. Maury's going to be active yeah. in the moves that he makes. Like he's he's going to try to flip Green in the twenty third pick for a player. He's going to try to flip Tobias Harris for a player. And, oh, Tobias uh, Harris. Yeah, no. I mean, we'll see what happens with the James Harden. I, I guess, I guess there's a possibility. Uh, I don't know. I just, I can't see James Harden doing it. Like, I'm sorry. It's, it's too hard for me to imagine him when the series. Succeeding. gets. Yeah, it's. I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen this song and dance too many times. I could see Chris Paul holding it up way easier in my mind than I could see James Harden. No, James Harden will have 45 in like a January game. Run up the stairs, up and down, take some videos and. Who would you guys want to most face in the finals next year? Is it Philly for that reason to beat Harden again? Would that be most satisfying? I mean, no, we K- all know KD. KD would be no, we know. <laughs> so you, but, but with KD, but KD, with KD, though, is there a party that doesn't even want to see him reach the finals? <laughs> Like just I, never make the finals again the rest of his career. I mean, like right now, isn't it hilarious? Like the news came down today per, per you know Shams that Kyrie is is perhaps looking to get out of there. And, and Warriors fans, I mean, me personally, think it's hilarious already that that the guy is going to waste another season. And, and KD for him, like he has a real stake in being the best player in the world. Like he is still that great, but he just mentally picked the team that isn't going to allow him to make the finals. And that's hilarious. Like that, that's Simmons Warriors. Man's co-star. <laughs> you know? <sighs> yeah. It's um, yeah, it's gotta be the Nets, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any sort of bad blood towards any team that like, I need to see them in any sort of capacity. Ste- Stefan Giannis would be the best matchup. I think that would be the, yeah. the old guy, 35 years old next season versus the guy that, has a stake to be the best player in the world. I think Giannis is the guy that you can argue that should have been there. Not not to take any way thing away from Boston, just maybe should have been there. I actually that would think be a good want, matchup. I actually think I want to see Boston. I'd want to see Boston again because I thought again. that was fun. I think there's potential for rivalry there. Like mm-hmm. it, it didn't really get contentious. Robert Williams gets healthy. Maybe Robert Williams is healthy yeah. next season. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it didn't get as contentious as it could have got, but. I think that's the one where if they face again, you'll 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 start seeing um, you'll start seeing some bad. Well, Jason Tatum's twenty four. He's just going to be better. He's never going to be that bad again. It's like Steph in twenty sixteen, LeBron when he was on the Heat. Like Jason Tatum. That's why there's no slander for him in my opinion. There shouldn't be because he's just going to be so much. He's going to finish at the rim better. He's going to shoot better. Like they're just in the, so. in the mid range, right? He's just <laughs> too young. Well, he's young. He's twenty four. It's not like he's twenty nine, right? So to me, like it's it's. If Boston comes back, they're just going to be a lot better. Maybe I'm also the old guy, but I'm I'm just like I would rather see a team like them rewarded to get to the finals than fair. watch like uh, that's fair. That's than fair. watch Philly get there or something like that. Just personally, another homegrown homegrown team, like, yeah. just like Golden State yeah. is right. So I, I think that's part of it too. And I mean, also like the dynasty of old, you know, the Sixers sure. Celtics, you know, you know, the franchise against the the new dynasty and the Warriors. It's kind of a cool aspect too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's get into some draft stuff. We need your help here. 
need some serious <laughs> help here. I'm not going to be honest. I don't know that any Warrior fan thought about the draft before last Friday at the soonest. It's like Warriors win the title. Everyone goes out, celebrates, and they're like, oh, drafts in six days. <laughs> so this is, this is like, you know, like cramming for the finals two nights before type of stuff going on. Um, so the Warriors pick number 28. And the first thing that pops to my mind is I don't see – any way that whoever they pick even plays in the rotation next year. Like you start running through it. All right. You got Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, pool. They're probably going to bring back Looney, Otto and GP two. If Ooh, they Sam don't sources. Ooh. stop, <laughs> Ooh, if they wow. don't, you would assume they would be replaced with a veteran. You'd hope could replace them. But either way, those are three veterans who are in the rotation. So we're up to eight. And then they had at some point they have to clear minutes for Wiseman. Kuminga, Wiseman, and Moody. So now we're up to 11. Whoever they're picking at 28, unless it's like the second coming of, you know, whoever, they're probably going to spend the whole year in the G League. And that's fine because the Warriors are lucky enough that they don't need an immediate contributor here. But it makes me think, should the Warriors be looking at who they think will be the best player in two years down the line instead of what most teams picking in the late 20s do, which is like, I'm looking for that immediate contributor to give me like a shooter off the bench or a second big. I, I don't. So with that in mind, KOC, like of the late round, of the late first round potential guys, who, who do you think has the highest upside? Not to be realized next year, but like the sneaky guy who in two to three years, we might be saying, man, I can't believe he didn't go higher. I mean, I think the the first answer that comes to mind is Patrick Baldwin mm-hmm. out of Milwaukee. You know, he went there to play with family on the coaching staff, and he was absolutely horrible. I mean, he stunk uh, his freshman year, but he's 6'9". He's got a really good shooting stroke. He can handle the ball. You know, he theoretically can become a versatile defender sometime down the line. Like, he's, he's the type of prospect where – if the Warriors were to draft them, considering their success in developing young players who are kind of, you know, oddball fits with their style, I'd be excited about seeing him get to grow, you know, with no pressure. Like you said, it doesn't matter, like, if what he does his rookie year, his second year, or even his third year, for that matter. It's about getting him into it, you know, by the end of that, you know, rookie contract, end of year three, year four. And for someone like him, it, you know, he'll be t- turned 20 years old as a rookie. I think he makes a lot of sense there. But I mean, do you, do you, is there any logic though to picking a guy that can help earlier though? I mean, like, is it, is I, it, I mean, there's always logic to pick? like, if you get a, if you get a player who can play in the NBA, you've objectively done well, right? Like you can't have enough guys in your, on your roster who are good players. I'm just thinking in some ways, isn't it like a free swing type of pick? Yeah, you say that, but like if they get non-contributors multiple years in a row, that's how you end up with like kind of where they were in 2019. So, well, well, I mean, I mean, so how about how about somebody like Christian Coloco out of which I saw that you mocked it over, but I'm confused though, Kelsey, because he's a big, he's a big, he's a big. I mean, but are we sure James Wiseman is any good? (laughs) Slash healthy? Are we sure they want? Are you sure they want to put someone blocking him in the rotation? That's really the one is I think they want to give him a minute. But but you think that he's got – I mean, you, you're saying he has shades of Clint Capella, which, by the way, in that same draft that Wiseman was drafted, uh, I think Sam and I love a Kongwu, who I think is going to be a pretty good mobile rim-running big. So you, you think that this guy is is that mobile rim-running big, defend, defensive big. Yeah. That's not Wiseman, by the way, because he has technically more upside. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you're right. You know, if you draft another big, if you're the Warriors, that means you might be blocking Wiseman's minutes, and that means you're diminishing his value even more than it was before, while also limiting chances for him to get on the court and actually develop. So, I mean, in that sense, maybe it doesn't make sense, but what if internally the Warriors are like, yeah, this guy sucks, and he's never going to stay healthy, and we need to have a guy behind Looney <laughs> or else yeah. we're in trouble. I mean, I mean, that could be part of it, too, where internally they know it. I mean, they know shit. they made a mistake, and it's time to, you know, that's one thing the Patriots did. They know when they made mistakes. They cut <laughs> third round picks year year two, year three into it. There's no shame in being wrong. Everybody's wrong sometimes. And Plus, so you're you're, you're wonder, also hey. playing with house money with Jordan Poole and some of the other players you played. So, um, I see the logic. I just don't know that. By the way, I'm looking on a draft site. First comp for him is Festus Azili, which I thought was which I think oh, is hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. I mean, I was just I saw Festus Azili walking around, you know, chasing him sometimes. Yeah. 
um, making making an appearance in the media scene here. Yeah, he's uh, he does pre and post game every now and then for the Warriors. Um, What I was going to say is I kind of feel like they're going to go the veteran big route and have Wiseman be their one developmental big. So, like, you know, if the worst look, the worst case literally happened last year, he saw zero minutes in the NBA and they were just fine. You know, it was Looney uh draymond actually draymond missed half the year so literally the worst possible case scenario happened to their big man rotation and they got through it with looney bielitsa and Otto porter who at this stage of his career is a big right so i don't know i i hear what you're saying though like if you think he is a, a player who could be a starting caliber big and actually like a modern big like you're it's very hard to do better than that at the end of the late first so yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think with him, he might even end up in the 40s. I mean, there's really like, I think in this year's draft, I had a I had a call earlier with an exec and he was talking to me about like his conversations with agents and, and like between, you know, 15 to 30, there are like 30 guys who think they're going to go 15 to 30. Wow. I mean, people are going to drop into the late 30s, 40s in this year's draft class and a guy like Coloco, I mean, that's hundred percent one of them. So, I mean, we'll see what happens in this year's class. There's always a chance somebody drops too. Um, like there's a lot of guys in that teen teens range that could end up dropping guys who think they're going like 18, 19 and all of a sudden it's 28. They're on the board. So, so this really is, so this is like a draft where like, after you get out of the lotto, it's like, everyone's kind of in the same range. Like, okay. So, so would you say then the 28th pick you're, you're getting a shot at basically like, the same caliber prospect you might get at like 16. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, like, I you know how, like in the NFL draft, they often talk about it, like kind of in tiers, you know, because yes. like, it doesn't always break out that like, it's the first round versus the second round. I, I kind of, I kind of wish we talked about it in the NBA more like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that'd be kind of nice. I, I love the way the NFL draft is, you know, discussed in that sense, because it's true. Like it really does flatten out in the middle of the first round, like somebody, like Wendell Moore, I'm sure that's like a, a popular name amongst Warriors fans for if they want a wing out of Duke. But like there are people that I've talked to in the league that say, yeah, this guy should be going high 20s. There are people who are, who are saying like, oh, I wouldn't rank him again ahead of Christian Braun. I want to rank him ahead of uh, like a, a, a David Roddy for that matter. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of different people, different opinions. It's all a matter of the own independent evaluation. That's how flat it is. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Do, do you think there's a shot? Because I saw this report come out. I don't know how incredible it is that the Warriors trade the pick. I haven't heard anything about the Warriors no. trading. Okay. But there's like, there's like, there's more trade activity than I can personally remember. And you know, maybe I'm just hearing more things, but because, oh, you know, over the course of time, you accumulate more sources and all that. But yep. I can't remember a time I've heard so much trade chatter with teams trying to move up, move down, move, move out uh, potentially. It's, this could be a weird year um, on draft night with Elon trades like Memphis, Memphis with their two first round draft picks. They want to move up, man. Like they want to get into the lotto if they possibly can. Like this uh, Atlanta wants to move up. Um, there's a lot of teams that are trying to move into the, the late, the either late teens or the, or the late. Interesting. Lottery. Friend Interesting. of the show, friend of the show, Grant Liffman trying to make a splash first day on the job, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta's going to be fun, man. I mean, they, they want to go to up to number four and get Jaden Ivy. Imagine Ivy and Trey Young. What a weird backcourt, those two. Uh, that's a weird team. Is that that what that is? I feel like they should go the other way with defense on the wings, but hey, that's that's uh, my, my don't, don't wish. Move up my league pass. Uh, my wish, my wish is that the war. My wish is that the Warriors move up and get the guy from Baylor because I watch them, and you know I don't watch too much college, but I watch March Madness, and that dude from Baylor, that big from Baylor, can do everything. Oh, so he, yeah, he can oh, switch. He can shoot a little bit, like just defensively. I think he would be a monster, just all, right off the bat. But I mean, it looks like he's a lottery pick. Can replace Draymond if he wants to leave. Yeah, well, I see a lot of wings though, so I, I, I'm curious. Is it is it a wing heavy? I mean, down there because I think the Warriors, they, they they're gonna look at wings. I mean, they've got Kaminga and Moody, but I think that's we just we just saw them go 
with either Looney at the big or Draymond at the big for long stretches. And that's how the NBA is going to go unless you have like a Robert Williams, right? Just a monster big like that that can move. Uh, what are these high upside wings? Uh, you already mentioned one, Patrick Baldwin, but any other upside wings to think about? Dalen Terry seems like a very oh, I was, uh, I was about popular to say, name. Yeah, he seems like a, a popular pop- name. That's a great yeah. one. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced Terry even makes it all the way to 28. I, mm. I think he could end up being like, he's one of those guys where he could be late teens and mm. you shouldn't be surprised. A lot of people love dealing Terry. So Terry's one name, and I think he's perfect for the Warriors as well because he's got he's some mega dollar vibes to him. Exactly. He, he can he can he can handle the ball. He's not just a switchable defender. He's not just a spot up shooter, but that dude can make plays off the bounce. So I, I like him a lot. Max Christie from Michigan State. Have you guys looked into him at all? The Christie's okay. another guy that kind of you know you know meets the same criteria that we're talking about here. He can make plays off the bounce. He's not just a standstill guy, versatile defensively. And also, I mean, like he, he fits kind of the both things we're talking about here, drafting for someone who can maybe help, you know, early on in their career, but also provides long-term upside. I, I think finding that type of player would make a lot of sense for them. So, I mean, Christy, Christy, um, Wesley, Blake Wesley, he's another upside guy if he were to fall. Dalen Terry, uh, Jalen Williams, probably out of range for him. He's going to go late teens, early 20s, but. Options. I have a couple names and I'm, I'm only going to this because I decided to pull warrior fans to just get like a general feel. Two of the most popular names here, Jake LaRavia and Marjan, uh, what was it? Bochamp. Bochamp. Yeah. From uh, the G league ignite um, thoughts on those guys. Both of them make a lot of sense. Uh, I especially like Bochamp uh, like with him, the jump shot does need to improve. He shot below 30% with the G league last year, but I mean, like you talk about what are the Golden State qualities, high IQ, hustles, right. you know, knows how to play within a team concept. Like his cutting, he's one of the better cutters in the draft. So oh, think, this is the guy at the top of the board. Uh, top, a, top, a great cutter? Oh, my great, God. Great cutter. Great. He can oh scream. My. Yeah, Andy will, Andy will love this because, <laughs> you're, um, because oh. your your comp on your draft is Kelly Oubre, which is Andy's oh, guy. Relax. Relax. <laughs> Relax. What's well, he Matt up Barnes to? Is, I think, the other comp, I think. I have, yeah, yeah right? it is. Yeah, but I went with the one that um, I knew was going to trigger Warrior fans because <laughs> uh, the the Ubre era did not go um, well. Yeah, I, I don't love the Ubre comp because Ubre not exactly like the highest IQ player. Um, but uh, if you have a better comp for me, let me know. Gotcha. So he's a, he's a he's a high toolsy wing who who needs to kind of smooth out his skill level. Is basically what you're getting at. Yeah, I mean, really, I think just the jumper. I mean, he, like yeah. defensively, he's ready to play. Offensively, he has the IQ. He's smart. Uh, can cut, like we said. I mean, I mean, I know how much you love that, Andy. He cuts. But my uh, God, Steve is gonna. He might combust. Tell you that right back, now. Just yeah, just go backdoor all day. That's that's all you need to play with the Warriors. Um, what about Laravia? Good player. Um, kind of a do-it-all guy. Great passer. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll see how his defense develops in the NBA athletically, but he's, you know, high IQ, plays hard, great passer. I mean, that's probably his best overall skill. Solid spot up shooter as well. Shot in the high 30s off of catch and shoot uh, situations. Like another one of those guys I think could contribute as a rookie, uh, but I'm not sure what the upside is there compared to some of the other play people that we're talking about. Yeah, I guess that'd be interesting to see if Warriors go upside or more of a floor guy because they went both last draft. Right? I mean, they had two lottery picks, so they went with the upside with Kaminga and then the floor guy with Moses Moody. So I'd be I mean, last time they had this big, they went Jordan Poole, which I don't know what I mean at the time. I don't know where you had him on your board, KLC, but at the time, like undrafted, maybe even that type of guy. Right. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. It, it'd be it'd be curious to see where the Warriors go with this. I don't think it's going to be a guard. I think it will be wing. Um, but I, I just, I just don't know. It it would be fascinating. But you're you're saying, but you're also saying that that they're not going to trade the pick. So um, that that's an interesting one too. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, opportunities could come up on draft night that we don't know about. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's going to be just so interesting to see the route they take here. I, I would lean towards the upside pick, like you guys were talking about earlier. I say, why not just take a swing? I mean, you're the Warriors. You can find quality role players. You already have enough depth as is, assuming you there are there is assuming there's confidence. Some of their free agents come back like Peyton Looney, assuming those guys return and they know those guys will be back. Then maybe you go for the upside. But if there's uncertainty about that, then maybe you go for the safer you know, guy who can play right away. 
Yeah. Can we, can we get back to Patrick Baldwin for one minute here? Um, so we kind of buried the lead. He was like projected top five pick before he went to college and just basically everything that could go wrong did go wrong for him. Injuries when he played, he was awful against mid-majors. It just, it, it could not go worse. What, um, what do you think his actual upside is at this stage then? Let's say he gets into the Warriors. Let's say they spend a year and change in the G League and they start putting him into the rotation. What, what type of player can he actually be? Realistically, like a three and D type of guy, you know, okay. six, nine, versatile on defense, hit spot up threes, attacks, closeouts. You know, realistically, that's what he is. I mean, like if you talk to people after high school, I mean, then we're talking about, you know, a 6'10 guy who's handling the ball and creating for others. Totally different thing than what we saw in college. But I think, you know, 3 and D plus, you know, with a little bit of handling, it's safe to say for somebody like him. He's got a long way to go, though. Yeah. He's, he'd be a guy I would not expect to see him play for the uh, the big club any time in year one if the Warriors took him. He, he's just He's just so far away. I mean, gotcha. Usman Jang, who's going to be a lottery pick, is also very far away. But, you know, Baldwin is is even further back, at least at this current stage. I mean, I haven't seen him work out, you know, in person. Um, any feedback I've gotten continues to be mixed, just like it was during the college season. It's not like people are talking about him as the steal of the draft. I think everybody in the NBA acknowledges that Baldwin is going to be uh, just a, a major risk. He might be turn, turn it a total whiff, but for a team like the Warriors that you can afford to whiff, you know, why not go for it? Yeah, Warriors got a guy that's pretty far away. Um, so, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. But which one? Who's Andy referring no, no, to? I'm not. <laughs> Smiley uh, coming back? No. The, the, the hilarious part is that the, <laughs> hilarious part is the Warriors also have two second-round picks. I remember the good old days when the Warriors would used to buy second-round picks to get in there. Now they got two. So uh, we'll, see, we'll see what the Warriors do there. I'm sure those guys will be, will be playing in Europe or something. Um, but uh, anything else? Any other names that we should be wary of, Kelsey, before Thursday comes along as uh, as um, Warriors fans? I think one guy we didn't mention was uh, Trevor Keels. Uh, that's that's another one from Duke. Let's just say yes. Like, let, let's let's just say Gary Payton, Payton were to go and, and you know sign a contract somewhere else. Keels is kind of the type of guy where I'd love to see him in a role that Golden State could plug him into, a la Gary Payton, you know, guys shooting corner threes, screening, cutting, all that good stuff, right? Uh, I think Keels, like, that's that's his ideal role, is the Gary Payton role. Interesting. I mean, even if they bring back GP2, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, <laughs> Why not, right? I mean, like, you never know when injuries happen. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have more depth behind a guy like that. Absolutely. All right, KOC, we appreciate you coming on. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No, just check out the ringer nba draft uh, nba.theringer.com for uh, all these scouting reports will be, yeah. be updated throughout the week thank you guys appreciate, appreciate it brother. You, man.